by Riverside. Welcome to Garage Takes Season 3, Episode 9. Joined here with my co-host, Brant. Want to welcome everybody to the podcast. Brant, I welcome you first and foremost. How are you, sir? Doing great, Dave. What about this weather? How crazy has this been? 85 today, October 3rd, when we're recording this? That's I'm here for insanity. it. It's insanity out here. Like I'm, I'm sweating in my garage. Yep, I I'm here for it. I I, I love it because you know it's going to go south quick. So we're gonna we're gonna enjoy it. I want to welcome everybody to the podcast and make sure that I remind you to like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Whether that is on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get that, awesome. Make sure that you do that. Leave us a five star review. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. And make sure also that you hop over to our Garage Takes You. YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. Um, Brant, I'm calling this episode uh, the Pulse Check episode. I feel like it is a good time right now in the world of football to look at both of our teams. And so I want to start with the Lions. I want to know your thoughts. Obviously, they just came off a dominant victory here against Green Bay. We've got to talk about that. Um, I want to see how, how you think they stack up, looking at ESPN's most current power rankings, how they stack up against the top of the league currently. And I want to know the same thing about Michigan. Do a little pulse check there, a little heat check after their weekend traveling to Nebraska. And I want to look at the AP Top 10. So we'll go outside of the Big Ten just a little bit and just see, um, you know, I want to get your thoughts where where, where things stand. So um, on that note, Brant, let's hop right in. The Lions. Go to Lambeau, get a huge win, a dominant win over the Green Bay Packers. They take full-on control of the NFC North. I know it's early in the season, but the NFC North is down. The Packers were the team to beat. They fall to 2-2. Two and two. The Lions move to 3-1. and one. Um, Brant, quickly, your thoughts on that game. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't play afraid. They didn't play like the moment was too big for them on a national stage on a Thursday night. Uh, came right out, took it to them. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of an evolution of Jared Goff and just him making this him, his team. Like That was a big moment for him to go into Lambeau and get that done, specifically for Jared Goff. I know it was big for the Lions as a whole, but I'm talking about specifically for Jared Goff and his confidence and taking the, the lock on the NFC North. Like This is their division. This is his division, if you will. Like, Jared Goff is the dude that leads the team that owns the NFC North right now. And I think that does a lot for the psyche because I think Jared Goff has always had like top 15 talent. Like, I don't know if we say top 10 talent, Dave, in the NFL, but definitely top 15 talent. I mean, he was the number one overall pick um, some time ago, but we all know that he can throw the ball. Like, that was never really in question. It was more about like what was upstairs. And now if he gets the confidence rolling, Look out, because he's got a defense now, and uh, that defense is real, and the offense is plugging along. The offensive line is doing things that we talked about, Dave, uh, before the season began, what we needed to see from them. It's starting to turn the corner. Uh, the backs are playing well. David Montgomery, three touchdowns. I don't know, Dave, did, 
I don't think he got touched on maybe two of them. Like they were just gaping holes and they, he was walking into the end zone and to go to Lambeau and to do that on a Thursday night in front of that crowd, man, was that impressive. And that was something that I don't think I've been watching the Lions a long time, just like you, Dave. I don't know if I remember a game like that where they were supposed to win. They come out and do win and they do it emphatically in that environment. Yeah, I, I think that um, this team just has like a chip on their shoulder right now. And the guy who really needs a chip on his shoulder is Jared Goff, like you mentioned, and he's playing like it. I mean, take it for what it's worth. I don't know if you caught the post game there with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who had before the game called Jared Goff, uh, or maybe it was during the game, I forget, but had called Jared Goff a poor man's Matt Ryan. And Goff got wind of that, and then after the game, as he was sitting there in the in the booth with them, he literally looks right at uh, at uh, Fitzmagic and references that, like, oh, poor poor man's Matt Ryan, like just a little. And he kind of laughed it off. He's like, oh, I'm messing with you, man. But I loved it. It was like, no, he's got some confidence in himself right now. And the way that game started couldn't have been any worse. You throw an interception, you turn, give the ball right there to Green Bay to take control of the game. You hold them to a field goal. Now, the difference is in this team and in this Jared Goff is typically things spiral from here. You're at Lambeau. It's you get in your head and it could have gotten out of control, but it didn't. They come right back and they dominated the game after that. I mean, truthfully, the score was closer than the game actually was. I mean, it was dominant on on both sides of the ball. I absolutely love it. And so um, we'll talk, you know, quickly at the end of this segment about the the Panthers coming up and even the Bucks. You know, two weeks out. Talk about the return of of Jamison Williams as well. But Brant, I called this episode a pulse check because I want to know, just looking at ESPN's top 10 power rankings, and take that with a grain of salt, right? I mean, these don't mean anything. It's literally their opinion on teams. Um, They currently have the Lions ranked number 8 right now in the NFL. And so I want to go through these from 10 on down to 1 and know your thoughts right now on this team. Could they... Could they win a playoff game against the teams that I'm going to name? So I'm going to start right here with number 10. And it's a team that they already took a loss to this year, the Seattle Seahawks. Brant, do you think that the Lions can beat Seattle? Now, I know Seattle has has gotten the best of them these last two games. Pete Carroll seems to have Dan Campbell's number. Um, Seahawks go out and absolutely destroy the Giants. How do you think the Lions stack up in a in a playoff game right now? I mean, we're four games in against against Seattle. Dave, it's funny that you say that because I really do feel like when it comes to the Seahawks, they do have a coaching advantage. I mean, that is something that if you were to stack it up box by box, the coaching <laughs> the coaching would get checked box by uh, the Seahawks. I mean, Pete Carroll kind of does have his number, and they have a great rushing attack. They showed it again last night. They're not phased. You know, Gino is just kind of a junkyard dog, if you will. Like, he's just getting the job done. He's that 14-year vet, whatever it is. Um, You know, it goes back to that psyche thing. Like, Seattle has beat you in the playoffs before. Um, You know, I know a lot of these players weren't there for that. But it's just, it is the Lions' MO. Like, we've lost to them before. We lost to them again. Um I I would I would have that as a coin flip game, Dave. I would just put it that way. 
That's fair. I honestly, because I I'm not gonna. You can kind of run through this list as we're about to and be like, no, the Lions could beat them. Oh, the Lions could beat them. So yeah, I think that's fair to say like they don't have the Seahawks right now. Like Pete, Pete Carroll does have the coaching advantage currently as it stands over Dan Campbell. I mean, you can get mad about that take or be like, no, wait, if we played him again or, you know, this call goes that way, they should have beat him. They should have beat him last year, but you didn't. And so right now I, w- I would take Seattle. And I, I think truthfully, um, I, I think the Lions are a better team. I just think from a coaching standpoint, as it stands today, um, this early in the season, I think, uh, yeah, Pete Carroll has proven that uh, that that he can take this team, mediocre or not, to, to pretty good heights. And this is a real possible playoff matchup for the Lions. Yeah, it really David, is. And and the, the coaching thing isn't something that you just flip overnight, right? Like it's not right. something that all of a sudden, oh, Dan's now making all these great calls. He's got a, a leg up on, uh, you know, Pete Carroll or any of these great coaches. Like we have to see that before we believe that. Absolutely. Now, moving on to, to number nine here, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Brant, I, I, I will start. The, you're going to see that game here in a couple of weeks, first of all. Um, I think the Bucks are frauds. They they are. I got Baker Mayfield. I just I do not buy this team at all. I understand that they're 3-1. and one. You have to look at the games that they've actually won this year. I feel like they haven't really played anybody. Um but yeah, I'm not buying buying the Bucks. I take the Lions all day against the the Buccaneers. What about you? You know, Dave, I'm gonna differ a little bit from you on this. I do think that they're probably the best team in the NFC South. I will say that as of right now, their defense is pretty good. I mean, Levante, David, um, Devin White, like those are good good linebackers. Uh, their secondary is not as good, um, but Antoine Winfield Jr. very good player. Uh, they got some dudes up front on that defensive line. They will go as far as Baker will take them. Now, I trust Jared Goff more than I trust Baker Mayfield, but their receiving core is really good, Dave. You know Mike Evans. You know Chris Godwin. Um, they got a rookie flashing on the scene. I can't remember his name right now. Um, but uh, maybe Tompkins. I don't know if he's a rookie or not, but he, he's, like, he's like really good. Um, but I do, I do like the Bucks. I like the Lions a little bit more. Um, but I think the Bucks are, I think the Bucks are like that fringe playoff team you might not want to see, Dave. Bucks are frauds. Yeah, we differ there, um, and that's okay. Brant number number eight. I already said they're the the Lions, so it's it's interesting because now we're going to start ta- looking at the teams that they currently have ahead of the Lions and and some AFC teams as well. And so maybe we spend a little less time on there. But I'm just curious, like number seven, Baltimore Ravens, three and one. Um, your thoughts on how the Lions stack up against the Lamar Jackson-led Ravens team? No, I like their chances against a team like the Ravens. And they're going to get to play them this year. They're going to go to Baltimore, so we're going to get to see that game as well. But I like the Lions over the Ravens. Yeah, I do too. They're they're. I think the Ravens are tough. Like they're they're a tough team. They always are. That's just like who Baltimore is. But um, I, I like the Lions in that matchup. I do, and. Um, I think uh, until till Lamar gets over that hump, I mean, I got to see Baltimore show up in the in, in the playoffs. So yeah, I like the Lions how they stack up against a team like the Ravens. I'm pumped to see them travel to Baltimore later this year. Brant number six, hot team in the NFL right now. Now they did just take their first loss. That would be the Miami Dolphins. Your thoughts? Very interested by this one, by the way. Uh, um, I like the Dolphins better than I like the Lions right now. Um. One thing that does concern me for the Dolphins specifically is Tua. 
Dave, you were texting me a little bit earlier in this week, and you were like, he looked confused on Sunday. And, and that very well could be. Um, you know, Buffalo, not an easy place to go play. Road divisional game. <laughs> the Bills know what they just did at the Broncos. Like, they know they just put 70 up. So they were coming out to make a statement. Like, I think the Bills were very motivated in that game. The Dolphins have a better offense than um, than the Lions right now. And that has a lot to do with Mike McDaniel. It's got a lot to do with the scheme. And it's got a lot to do with Tyreek Hill. I'll just put it that way. And Jalen Waldo, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think as it stands right now, I, I would say the Dolphins um, would have the, the edge over a team like the Lions. Um, I just, it'll be interesting to see, like, if that were a match, a, a matchup we saw later down the road, um, that God, that's when you need a CJ Gardner Johnson. Like you got to be healthy on all fronts out there and be able to rotate guys in and out. I, I just, it's a monster right now that Miami offense and Mike McDaniel's we're after the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Like I just don't, I don't trust them as it stands today against a team like the the Dolphins. Although the Dolphins looked very beatable this past week, and I know the game was in Buffalo, um, but they they had the the sauce to uh, to to take them down. So they they are beatable because I tell you what, two weeks ago when they're dropping seventy points on the Broncos, it was like holy cow, they just put the league on notice. But then they kind of came back down to earth. Brant, number five, our Dallas Cowboys. Um, your thoughts on how the Lions currently stack up against the Cowboys? Because it's interesting that I think that most people nationally kind of have the Lions in that same tier in the NFC as the Cowboys. So we will get to see this matchup later on towards the end of the season as well. Um, that game is in Dallas. Your thoughts? Yeah, Dave, I don't think you can sit on this podcast and call the Buccaneers frauds and not call the Cowboys frauds. Like, I mean... What have the Cowboys shown to you time after time after time that they can be a fraudulent team? And I like the Lions' pass rush against the Cowboys' offensive line, frankly. Um, I, I think that the Cowboys have, a, uh, have an offense that can be disrupted and that can go cold from time to time. Now, the Dallas defense is real. I think that if the, if the Lions and Cowboys played, go ahead and take the under. Like that, I, I think that would be a defensive struggle. I do, I do like the Lions in that matchup. It, if Dallas had to go to Detroit, boy, that would be a hornet's nest, man. That really would, that really would be. Um, I think if Detroit had to travel to Dallas, uh, maybe Dallas wins. I just think whoever has the home field there, it would be a big deal. More of a coin flip. Yeah, right now as it stands today, I, I like the Lions over the Cowboys. Um, Part of that is a quarterback thing, which, to be honest, like I trust Jared Goff right now more than I do Dak Prescott, especially when it comes to the to the postseason. The other thing is, Brant, yeah, it, it's a you know defensive defensive nightmare there on 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 both sides of the the ball. Micah Parsons is arguably the you know defensive player of the year already. I mean, he's definitely in the conversation. He is dominant. He is fun to watch. He wreaks havoc on on any O line. But, Brant, that's exactly where there's a strength with the Lions, right? Like, if there's any team that I would think could contain a Micah Parsons and that type of rush and what they and what Dan Quinn uses him for and, and in different schemes, I think the Lions are actually kind of that, like, perfect, perfect match to kind of take that on. So, not that they would completely stop him, but I like that matchup. I do think that it favors the Lions currently. But I do I, – I like your take, and I hadn't thought about that, that really – 
whoever hosts that game, which this is a very another huge possibility we see in the playoffs, might win that game. And I, I think it is way harder to go and play in Detroit than it is Dallas. And I understand that's America's team and say what you will. It's, I'm sure it's crazy there too, but um, good luck Dak Prescott in Detroit um, in, in January. So yeah, right now I like the lions over them. Brant next team. We've already seen it this year. So I think we already know our answer. The Kansas city Swifties also known formally as the Kansas city chiefs. Um, I, we don't need to spend much time on that. Your thoughts on the chiefs. I like the Lions better than the Chiefs right now. Um, they already beat them. I don't think that Kansas City poses any more threat than maybe they did back when they beat them. I mean, Travis Kelsey, you can say what you want. He was not existent against the Jets. The Jets did a great job of taking him out of the game. Um, I like the Lions over the Chiefs right now. Yeah. I mean, they already won that game. It was week one of the regular season. I Kansas City looks beatable this year. Now, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, um, but they they do not look unstoppable. So, yeah, as it stands today, as we're recording this in the first week of October, I like the Lions. I do. Um, I'm, I'm I'm confident, but you know that's Patrick Mahomes in January is something I don't you know wouldn't wouldn't love to to see. Well, that would be a Super Bowl matchup, I guess. Let me put it, put it that way. I don't know how uh, the Lions would stack up in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, but. Um, Number three, the Bills. I <laughs> I absolutely hate the Bills. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Maybe it's a Josh Allen factor because he drives me nuts. Josh Allen will do things in a football game that will have you absolutely banging your head on the table like, dude, you are good enough to not make these dumb mistakes all the time, and eventually it's going to cost them every single season, I think, Dave. I don't think, and this might be hot take-ish, but – as far as long as Josh Allen is the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, I don't see them winning a Super Bowl. Um, and that has, yeah, just put a bullet in Josh Allen. I know. I'm sorry, but I mean the Bills are a good team. They're a good organization, but Josh Allen just makes too many errors for me. Give me uh, maybe not. Give me Jared Goff over Josh Allen, but I will just say I like conservative uh, Jared Goff over gunslinger Josh Allen. Josh Allen also, it seems like when the moment gets big, like he becomes turnover prone and just not himself. Um, he's had an up and down season already. Um, I know he looked great this past weekend, but um, yeah, I, I also like the Lions over the Bills right now as it stands today. And so as we kind of go through this list, it's like, okay, I mean, you can make an argument. A lot of these are a coin flip. I know it's early in the season, but I wanted to do this pulse check just because I think it's interesting because here we are four games in and I don't see a ton of teams that were like, no way, Lions couldn't beat them. Like, they just, they wouldn't be close. Um, so that brings us to our last two teams, probably the two most important teams um, sitting on top of the NFC. And we can do these together. That would be the Eagles and Niners that seem to be in a tier of their own. Brant, do you have the Niners, though, just a tier above the Eagles? Just curious. Uh, yeah, you have the 49ers in a class of their own right now. However... I would, if Philly had to travel to Detroit, I like Detroit in that game. Um, I think they could rattle Jalen Hurts enough. I think once you're, A.J. Brown is like an explosive player, but I think if you got in his head a little bit too, he wasn't catching the ball, he, he wasn't getting the ball. Like if you locked him up a little bit, 
I could see where that got dicey for Philly. Like, I would take Detroit in a playoff game right now, like, against Philly, I think. Uh, San Francisco, no way. San Francisco would travel into Detroit and probably not have a huge issue. And I think that's got to do with, again, their coaching, their schemes. Christian McCaffrey is him. Um, and they have a good enough receiving core to get it done. Brock Purdy showed he's been poised enough. I don't know, though. Brock Purdy in Detroit? Like, I just love the fact that I keep thinking about, like, if Detroit had home playoff games, how they would look. Dave, that would be the most intense playoff environment throughout the playoffs, bar any other team. Doesn't matter who you are. That's going to be the most insane environment you go into. It's going to remind you a lot of when, I don't know, Dave, you remember when, like, the Saints were really good and you would just watch that uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome or whatever? It was just rocking. That's what it's going to be like, man. Yeah, and same with like Seattle, right? The twelfth man, like just craziness. Nope, I, I agree. I think Detroit is nobody wants to play in Detroit in the playoffs. I mean, just look at the preseason games, and now as like the Lions are actually winning these games, dangerous, dangerous spots to go play. Um, I think the Eagles are beatable. Um, you can definitely argue they're better than than the Lions right now. They have not lost yet, but they don't look unstoppable. Um, I would. Uh, I would coin flip based on where that game is played once again. And then the Niners, I'm right there with you. They're in a tier of their own right now. They just, they're on both sides of the ball. That defense is, is stout as well. And, and Kyle Shanahan, that offense, I mean, Brock Purdy looks good. CMC is your, you know, he, he could be the MVP this year. He looks unstoppable. He's gotten better with age. He's healthy. Um, hopefully it stays that way for, for him. But yeah, this 49ers team is just different. Brant, last thoughts here before we shift over to Michigan and college football. Um, Lions take on the Panthers this weekend. Uh, any quick thoughts on that game? Uh, none None that are really going to shock you or anything, Dave. I think it's just a matter of get to Bryce Young, make him, you know, put the pressure on him. He'll turn the ball over to you. He's still young in his career. I think Bryce Young's going to be good. But uh, in his rookie year, that offense, not very good. Your defensive line, go get him. Plus, small revenge factor game here, Dave, that probably a lot of people aren't talking about. This was actually the game that kept him out of the playoffs in my eyes last year, Dave. So small revenge factor. They ran all over the Lions last year, and this rush defense looks significantly different this year. It looks a lot better. Um, so, so, yeah, I I mean, the Panthers, this should be – this is a, a, a take-care-of-business game. Don't let your foot off the gas. I, the Lions have a tendency to do this. They're they're winning these big games, and it's you know it's the Chiefs. It was you know this game at Lambeau. It's you cannot take your foot off the gas. You cannot drop a game against a team like Carolina. That's just not good. Now they will be good in in a few years, but they're not good right now. So win that game, stay as healthy as possible. I know that we will we'll talk a little bit more when we get into the bets. Um, all right, let's shift into college football. Brant Michigan takes care of business against Nebraska. Um, it clearly was their best played game of the year on, on both sides of the ball. Um, your, your thoughts on this Michigan team. Did they, did they make your ears perk up a little bit? Did they get you reengaged? Um, did you ever feel dis, disengaged, I guess, prior, prior to this game? Um, what were your, uh, your lasting thoughts here after you saw the, uh, the final score? Dave, I was a little bit confused of what I saw in the previous weeks, but 
I think it kind of points to college football as a whole. Like I was confused by college football in its entirety this year because nobody's playing anybody. So I understand that. But I think what was confusing to me about Michigan was their sense of direction. They were missing that sense of leadership. And you have noticed since Jim Harbaugh has stepped back into the locker room, this is a completely different team with a different game plan and a different vibe. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Jim, the Jim Harbaugh difference is real. And he's like a mastermind, dude. I think he meant it to be this way. So he's kind of like, yo, you see what you were missing without me? I've been sitting home just drinking milk and eating steak. And now look, you guys miss me? I'm back. And all of a sudden, they throttle Nebraska, Dave. I mean, and when I say throttle, they could have beat Nebraska 75-0. If they would have played their starters that entire game, they probably could have scored on every possession. Nebraska's in a little bit of a bad way. I understand that. But I don't know if you consider Nebraska a top 10 Big Ten team or not. I probably would. Um, but I think Michigan's dominance shows you where they fall in the landscape of college football right now. And they're starting to get it together. And that's scary for the rest of college football because of their experience and because of their coaching staff. Yeah. Things finally clicked for, for Michigan. Um, I asked you about the disengaged reengaged because that was me. Like I, not that I was ever disengaged, but it was just, I don't know, like even doing these podcasts, I'm like, I don't know what to say. Another, bad opponent that they won by 28 points by and didn't cover the spread. Like it just, they, they were, something has been missing. Um, and something finally was not missing this last game. And it was like, Oh wow, this was the Michigan team that I thought I was signing up for this summer when I was pumped for the college football season. So, um, you kind of named it Brant last week in, in last week's episode where you're like, I, you, you kind of had a hunch that Michigan going on the road was going to wake them up a little bit and bring out something different in them, and it absolutely did. They were more focused. They were more prepared. Um, they were good from you know, really every position group, and that was the first game I walked away. And I'm like, I don't got a lot of complaints. Like That looks like the dominant team that I thought could compete for a national championship this year. So, Brant... To flip it back to that, because we haven't been there in a while, right? Like back in July and early August, it was talk about national championship or bust. Now, that has not changed. I mean, throughout all of these games, it hasn't changed. But I just, the idea of a national championship, watching them these first few weeks was just like, dude, I don't know. This looks like a two or three loss team. Like that's how I felt for for a while. They finally get it right against Nebraska. I want to know, and I want to quickly run through the AP top 10, and I can lump some of these teams together, like some of these Pac-12 teams we can do all together. But I want to know, like as it stands today, uh, who would give Michigan, because I don't want to say, would Michigan beat them? Who would give Michigan the biggest challenge right now? Michigan's ranked the number two team in the country. Some people will argue that they're number one. Um, Georgia had an, had another very close game at Auburn. Whatever, they're undefeated. They're back-to-back national champions. I, for one, am not going to take them off the throne until they lose a football game. So um, Michigan sits at number two, so I think it's pointless to go through and say, would Michigan beat this team or that team? I just want to know, like, who poses the biggest challenge right now looking at this AP Top 10? Because, Brant, these are all teams that could make the college football playoff. 
nine on down to one, I'm looking at it right now, are all are all undefeated. And so um, I'm actually going to start at number 10. I'm not even going to go to Alabama, number 11. I'm not going to go down there right now. I'm going to start at number 10, Notre Dame. Do you think Notre Dame would pose a real threat to Michigan this season? I don't think so, Dave. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time breaking this down, but Notre Dame doesn't have the defense to stop Michigan. Michigan would lean on them. They would break them probably by the third quarter. And Sam Hartman's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. But they don't have the outside threats to really challenge Michigan. I think they would find themselves probably by a 20-point loss. Okay, I don't know if it would be that type of landslide, but I think Michigan is just clearly the um i can't i can't say clearly that, that's even unfair we haven't seen them play anybody we've seen notre dame play somebody um and but i i just agree with you i i think michigan's just in a different tier right now talent wise um i don't think notre dame could could i bet they keep it within a touchdown but brant i want to look at these next three undefeated teams pac-12 teams same category here usc oregon washington that's nine eight seven right there brant of those three teams, what what team gives Michigan the biggest cause for concern? Because there's a very real possibility they see one of these teams in you know end of December, early January. I think the easy answer for people that really watch college football would probably be Washington. I think Washington gives Michigan the biggest threat defensively, um, and Michael Penix is. Dave, we've talked about this on the podcast all year. He's probably a top three quarterback coming out in this class. Like, he is NFL ready today. Um, I think the the most important thing to remember about these three teams is USC, no defense. They do have the number one overall pick in Caleb Williams. That dude is going to go number one. Don't kid yourself. But I think you saw the lapses against Colorado this weekend. Like, there are chinks in that armor of that defense. That's very clear. It's very obvious. And then we move to a team like Oregon. I think Oregon is good, but I think they are limited by Bo Nix. Like, I, I think they have a ceiling that is capped. And I don't know if Washington has reached that ceiling yet. Um, they faltered a little bit against Arizona last week, got out to a big lead, and then kind of coasted for a victory. But you're going to have that sometimes. You're going to go on the road, and you're going you're gonna to have – that kind of like, oh, we had a bad couple quarters. Um, but but good, great teams don't have bad games. They have bad quarters. And I think that's kind of what you saw from Washington this weekend. Um, but I think Washington would be my number one out of those three. Washington would be my number one as well. Um, I USC, I mean, I'm high on Caleb Williams just like the rest of the country. But that defense is, it's not even questionable. Um, the defense is not good. And so I... I think Michigan would love that matchup. Um, would hate preparing for Caleb Williams, but they would love that matchup, and they would exhaust that team. Oregon, I think, could could keep a close keep a close game with Michigan. I I think they're on a different level, though. I still think Michigan is on a different level than Oregon. Interesting that you say that Bo Nix kind of limits him. He's like the heart and soul of that team. But I hear you. It almost seems like Oregon has reached their ceiling already. Maybe that's unfair to say. But I don't know how much better they're going to get. Washington, on the other hand, I feel like they haven't even hit their next gear yet. And you're right, Brant. Michael Penix Jr. is the definitely in the top three um, in the quarterback group with Caleb Williams and Drake May. I feel like they've got another gear 
still to go, which is scary. Um, they're also, because they haven't necessarily been on this stage yet in this type of, of level, there's a possibility they could drop a, drop a game. Um, could drop two games. Like, I don't know yet because I haven't seen it yet from them, but they scare me. They're the one team. I think they they would be a very difficult team for Michigan to to prepare for. Brand, go ahead. I don't want to see any teams in the college football playoff that wear purple, and I'll just leave it at that. Well, yeah, PTSD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop around a little bit and do number six and number four because let's stick with the Big Ten. Penn State, Ohio State. We've got plenty of time this season to talk about these teams, Brant. Your thoughts quickly on on where things stand with both programs. I think it's I think it's pretty obvious with Ohio State. They've got to get their offense figured out, and I'm I'm so sick of this. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out from Ohio State fans, and, and I, nothing personal against Ohio State fans, whatever. But to just assume that Kyle McCord is going to start putting up forty points a game, I think that's that's ridiculous. Like you put up seventeen against Notre Dame, and it took everything that you had, and you saw. Duke do basically the same thing that Ohio State did against Notre Dame's defense. Like, they didn't light it up. They got stymied. Like, is, is, Duke, is Duke's offense just as good as Ohio State's? I, I, I don't know for sure. Like, I don't know that. And I think you're going to find out this weekend when they play Maryland exactly what this team is all about because Maryland's going to bring it into Ohio State. Like, I don't think they're scared of the big three anymore in the Big Ten East, and, and we're going to see what they have. On the flip side for Penn State, we talked about this already, Dave. We don't know what Drew Aller is. Like, we haven't seen enough. We're both not sold on him. I know that. Um, that defense is real, though. And I think in a matchup between Penn State and Ohio State, I'll just say it, Dave. I like Penn State right now. As it stands today, I like Penn State too. Um, I do think, like, ironically, Ohio State's got a, a their defense is the strong suit of their team right now, and that seems weird to say when I look at they them having the two top receivers in the country, or for for sure number one, but two top five receivers in in the country. It, it they leave a lot left to to, to be desired, um, and it I agree that there's this narrative that's like, well. Like Ohio State just hasn't un- unleashed it yet, or like they're holding something back, or I don't know, Brand. I mean, to be honest with you, that felt like us with Michigan like a year ago, where it was like, nah, they're they're holding something back, they're holding something back, and they, I mean, it did. They turned it on against Ohio State with some big plays when they when they needed it, um, and they had to come back against TCU, I guess, when they needed it. But it was never, I mean, Brant, when, when 10 of your games or 11 of your games are, are not dominant, um, and Ohio State has not looked dominant right now, I'm not super bought that they are going to, they, they will get better, don't get me wrong, like they will. But I don't think this is going to be the offense that many people were expecting. Now, we knew that there were questions around the quarterback, like that's been a well-known thing for, since, you know, spring ball, but I think people thought when you just put the names on paper, right? Like who's there is like, there's no way, like whoever you put at quarterback, is just going to, this thing's going to click. And that has not been the case. And so, yeah, I, I think Penn state from the defensive side, Penn state's defense is better right now. So it will be an interesting matchup. I think it would be super close. Um, but yeah, right now, even though I'm not high on Penn state's offense either, I would give the edge to, to Penn state. Um, Brant over to the, to the ACC real quick, number five team, the AP polls, and that would be Florida state 
and Jordan Travis. Your thoughts on them and how they would match up against Michigan. Do you think that they could give Michigan a run for their money? Yeah, they absolutely pose a threat. Anytime you bring a guy like Johnny Wilson, like a six, <laughs> he's like a six seven receiver. I mean, he's just a monster. Uh, a dude like Keon Coleman, who is an absolute stud of, of a wide receiver, and I think he's number two behind Marvin Harrison Jr. right now as far as wide receivers go in this class. Absolutely, he is. Um, as far as throwing the ball, absolutely they pose a threat. I think that if Michigan got in a game with them, I think Michigan once again could lean on them, wear them down a little bit. You know, they kind of they kind of survived against uh, Boston College and Clemson both this year. Clemson has a kicker that isn't just fresh out of science class. Like they probably lose that game. Um, so I do like Michigan in a matchup with them, but. Florida State can score points in a hurry. And Michigan, that's kind of been a struggle with them in the past, right? Like a, a really good passing game can give them problems outside of Ohio State, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only thing I would say about Florida State is that, yeah, they've had those two those two games. They've been close and been tested, but they won both of those games. Something we haven't really seen from this Michigan team yet. Like, and that's kind of rounds out like the rest of the conversation for me as we look at these, you know, these last couple of teams. Is I don't know to be honest. Like, yeah, I think Florida State would pose a real threat to to a team like Michigan because we just don't know as it stands today. Like, what does this team look like against a, a really good offense or someone that can get points on you in a hurry? How does this defense respond? Brant, the secondary is not going to get tested until November when you get the Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State slate of games. And so, yeah, I I think Florida State would definitely pose a threat to, to Michigan. I think Michigan's a better team, but I, I'm not sold on saying that they would, that they would win that game. Um, and then Brant, Want to also get your thoughts on Texas? They are number three, and then Michigan, and then Georgia will hit on last. But your thoughts on this Texas team? Are you high on them? I mean, you're either. I feel like people are either one way or the other with Texas. Either they're not buying this team yet, and they're frauds, and we'll see against Oklahoma this weekend, or it's the other side where it's like the Quinn Ewers, what they got going in Texas. Like, I don't want. I don't want anything to do with that. Your thoughts on where they're currently at? I'm so going to ride the middle here. I'm so going to wait for this Oklahoma game. Now, I don't think Oklahoma is is world beaters, right? But they're a top 15 team in college football. Um, I think that uh, Texas has been good, maybe not great, has had struggles here and there. But for the most part, you go to Tuscaloosa in a night game and you, you beat Saban. I, I will reserve judgment until after this Oklahoma game. But I do like Texas. If Texas were to match up with Michigan, I still like Michigan in the matchup. Uh, however, uh, I'll see him this weekend. I'll put it that way. Texas seems dangerous to me. I, I, I'm I higher on Michigan just because, and I think I said this earlier in the season, I, I picked Texas in my preseason college football playoff predictions. The thing about Texas is I, I do believe that they are good. I mean, clearly they went in and beat Bama uh, at Bama. Not easy to do. I just feel like they're a year away or two years away even as a as a program. They seem like Michigan, to be honest. And, and I know they're different style of play, all of that. But they seem like Michigan a year ago, two years ago. Good, on the verge of something great. 
but they have not been on that stage yet. And so for that reason, I still like an experienced Michigan team over Texas. Brant, last but not least, before we get into the betting segment, the Georgia Bulldogs, your thoughts on that team as they stand today. Michigan would definitely be in a ball game with Georgia. It would not be a blowout city. I don't love Carson Beck. He's okay. Don't get me wrong. Brock Bowers is him. I totally get it. I love Brock Bowers, but I just I don't absolutely love um, Georgia this year. I think it would be a great football game. I agree. I agree. I'm hesitant to say that. I really am because it's like I I thought that to be honest with you, when they had Stetson Bennett and it just, I don't know, like Carson Beck is not Stetson Bennett. This defense is not what it was, but they're still very good. And I, I just, I don't know. Just something gives me concern. Georgia is the beast. They, it is, it is David versus Goliath. Now, maybe from a talent standpoint this year, um, you can argue that it's not, but for me, Georgia is that team. Michigan has a beat Georgia drill for a reason, and it's a respect reason in saying they're at the top tier of college football. And so I think it would be a really close game. I'm not sold that that Michigan would go in and, and beat Georgia as it stands today. Ask me in November. I may have a different answer. We'll see. All right, Brant, let's shift over and get out of here with the bets this week. So, Dave, um, last week, let's do a quick recap. I went five for six, raising my percent. I think I sent it to you. It was 65%. Um, and you went four for six. Or no, sorry. Four for five last week, right? Yes, you did. And that raises your percentage to 56%. So, good job let's by go. Dave. Good comeback, Dave. (laughs) No, it's really been a great comeback by you, so good job there, Dave. Let's start right with the Red River rivalry, which I said it right this time, which is not an easy say. Um, Oklahoma, Texas, matching up in the Cotton Bowl, uh, so neutral site game, Dave. Texas favored by six and a half. I know it's a rivalry game. I I just I don't think Oklahoma is as good as their record shows them. I believe they're undefeated. I think Texas is better. I will take Texas to cover that touchdown, covering the six and a half. Brant, what about you? This game always seems to be close. I don't know what it is about these two teams. It's got um, it's got two of the top fifteen teams this year. I do like Oklahoma this year. I like Oklahoma to cover the six and a half. I am not picking them to win, but I like it under a touchdown, so give me Oklahoma. I'll roll with the Sooners. All right, Dave. Maryland at Ohio State. Um, I ask you this game because this is a hefty line. Ohio State laying 19 and a half. Large number for Bucky at home. I'll cut you off right there. I'll take Maryland with confidence plus 19 and a half. Um, Maryland's defense is also better than than people think. I'm not saying they're elite, but they're no scrubs either. This offense, uh, people have talked about, right? You got Talia Tango Viola, and hopefully I said that right. Pretty good offense humming along there. They're undefeated. I don't think they go into Ohio State and lose by 20 points. I think um, they can keep it within a couple of touchdowns. Might be close to that, um, but I'm going to give Maryland their respect this week and take them plus 19 and a half. What about you? 
Dave, when I see a line like this, I think something really stinks, but I'm going to walk past the graveyard and just blindly ride with you. Let's go Terps. Let's uh let's at least make this a ball game in Columbus. All right. Two undefeated teams this weekend. We just talked about Georgia, a team nobody's talking about is the Kentucky Wildcats, 5 and 0, rolling into Athens this weekend. 14 and a half is a large number, Dave. Do you like the dogs to cover it? Nope, I don't. I'll take Kentucky plus 14 and a half. Brant, until you sent me that, that line actually kind of surprises me. Um, not by a ton. I mean, honestly, if it was like 13 and a half, I, like a little bit different story, but to win by more than two touchdowns, Ken- Kentucky's been pretty good this year. Like, I, I, I can't say I've watched a ton of Kentucky football. I've watched the highlights, though, to know they're no scrubs, and they like, yeah, I'll take them plus 14 and a half against Georgia. Maybe this is the Georgia coming out party, though. Like, maybe this is their game that they just lay it on them and we start talking about them in a different light. Who do you got? Dave, here's a little insight for you. Uh, Kirby Smart, well-respected coach. He says every single year, Kentucky's the most physical team they play. They are the toughest team they play. They're the most well-prepared team they play. I love Kentucky in this spot. I know it's a night game in Athens. I get it. But I don't think Georgia has shown me at all the blowout factor this year. I like Devin Leary and the Wildcats to keep it close enough. A name to keep an eye on, Dave, that a lot of people probably don't know. Ray Davis for the Kentucky Wildcats. Dude ran for like 200 yards last week against Florida. I mean, he's an absolute monster. Georgia doesn't have a running tack like they have had in years past. They have to throw the ball. I I think that... That could hem them up this weekend. I like the 14 and a half with Kentucky as well. All right, Dave, let's switch to the NFL. Panthers at Lions. Lions laying eight and a half. Big number for uh, the hometown team. Who do you like? That's a big line. Um, I like the Panthers here at plus eight and a half. I, I mean, I think the Lions win this game. That's a big spread in the NFL. I know we say that all the time, but um, I, I – I think that's going to be difficult to uh, to cover that eight and a half. And I think the Panthers are um, they're on the rise. They haven't won a game yet, but like I think they can keep this closer than that. So I will, you know, maybe it's a late score at the end of the game, like a garbage score that helps them kind of backdoor, you know, keep it in range. But I'll take the Panthers plus eight and a half. What about you? I do not like to go with you on all of these, but this one just stinks too. Like, I, I think that I have to go with the Panthers. Eight and a half, large number. Dave, we say it all the time. The NFL is a field goal league. Like, I will roll with the Panthers on this uh, to, to keep it closer than uh, nine points. All right, Cowboys at 49ers. I would say, Dave, probably the game of the weekend. Um, I believe it's Sunday night football, if I got that correct. Um, okay. Three and a half for the 49ers, laying those points. It's in San Francisco. Who do you like? Brianna, it is Sunday night football. I, it's definitely the game of the weekend. I think it's the game of the season so far, to be quite honest um, with you. And I, I think that I've picked against the Cowboys quite a bit this year, actually, um, when, we, when we've done this. But I'm going to take them plus three and a half here. Um I feel like this is a game where, like, it's regular season, so it's a different Cowboys team, and, like, it's going to be a defensive battle. Could be low scoring. Um, it's what I would kind of expect here. 
I am going to take the, the Cowboys with a plus three and a half points. I think this is going to be a super good game, super close game. Um, I think it's a coin flip, to be honest. I think it's a score towards the end of the game that, that gets this one. Brant, who do you got? I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I hate to do this. I hate <laughs> We're either going to be celebrating next week so much. I, I honestly try to pick games that we, we don't always agree on, and I really thought we'd have some variance here. But, Dave, I'm right there with you. Like I, I could see this as a one, two, three-point game. Um, Brock Purdy is good. Don't get me wrong. We just, we just were kind of talking about how, how good he's been. But that defensive line, if they can get to Brock Purdy, I think the Cowboys could potentially win this game. Like, I don't think that they're just going to compete. I think they could have uh, the lead at some point in this game. Um, Cowboys, very active linebackers to stay with uh, the likes of a Christian McCaffrey. So um, give me the the Cowboys plus three and a half. Um, And that'll lead us into our lock, Dave. I love this this weekend. The Ravens traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Have you watched the Steelers this year, Dave? They're really, really bad. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> I think they're thinking about starting Trubisky this weekend. I don't know for sure, but they've talked about it. Um, give me the Ravens to cover three and a half. I would love it more at two and a half, but I like the Ravens to travel there, get it done. Big divisional road game. Um the Ravens just dismantled the Browns this weekend. I mean, they they absolutely torched them. I, I think the Ravens are rolling right now. Give me the Ravens to cover the three and a half as the lock. All right, there you have it. The lock of the week has has really been a lock this year. Brandon's been on fire with those. Yeah, been on fire with them. So um, yeah, make sure that if you're if you're into that, that's your thing. You hop on those lock of the weeks. Once again, we appreciate you guys sticking with us here in Garage Takes Season 3, Episode 9. Make sure that if you have not done so already, you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. um, And make sure that you hit that subscribe button on that YouTube channel as well. We appreciate the support. We will see you guys all next week. Powered by Riverside.